The word, the word of God throughout this year um, so far has just been a joy, a joy for me to preach anyway. Um, I, I, I don't know whether you've enjoyed it, but I certainly have. Uh, if you remember in the, in the month of January, we were looking at the presence of God and having an encounter with him. Uh, that wasn't just a series of messages or a series of thoughts. It is an encouragement to all of us to continue to be in his presence, to to seek his will, to, to allow him, do you know what, in his presence is fullness of joy, and, and to allow him to fill us with that joy, to allow him to come close, just as you would do with your husband, wife, in that relationship, you come close together, you walk close with one another, allow God to come close in your days and in your weeks and in your months ahead and the years to come. You know, let's not let it be just a series of thoughts. I believe it's much more than that. And I think it's really important that we remember to focus on the, 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 the presence of God in our daily lives. I think it's really important because he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. So therefore, when you're walking into work, he's with you. When you're walking into the dentist, he's with you wherever you may be you know God is there with you and that's our confidence in life Um, and then um, over the the last month and a bit we've been focusing really on the kairos or the chronos of our life the time the natural time but also the spiritual time um, in our days and and how God moves in supernatural ways how he moves um, it, it, when, when, when we least expect it, but God is always having encounters with his people. And I thought it was really, a really good idea today, really, to, to ask the question, have we encountered a Kairos moment, a God intervention, a God, you can say, that was clearly a God moment in these last six weeks? Because I really think it's good to give thanks to God and to share those things. Why? Because it encourages others to think, well, they saw something happen, so why can't I? They saw, some, they saw God move, so why can't I? So I know of three people who have had a Kairos moment. Can I have a mic, someone's mic? That would be great. Uh, they've had a Kairos moment, a clearly a God moment. Thanking you. Clearly a God moment in their life. And I'm going to call Ken first. Ken, if you can come and share. Come on, Ken. Good morning. Um, yeah, just, just this last week, after 25 years of writing, uh, I was praying to God because I, I hadn't seen any sort of return yet. And... Uh, I got an email that same day uh, from American publishers picking up my work. So. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. 25 years and suddenly. I don't think that's coincidence. I think God is on a journey in individual people's lives in the circumstances of their lives. I know Ken's got it in his heart to be writing some Christian material, and I think that's great, and let's get some Christian, good Christian novels, good Christian material out there. So that would be really good. Phil. They're all over this side of the room. Hi. Um, yeah, like I said, 
Parliament's moment has been doing my job, stuck in the same job for years and not really happy. And um, yeah, God's provided me with a new job. I've, um, I'm now working for the church. <laughs> We love it because Phil is he's not just an odd job man. He 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 knows what he's doing in, in so many areas and the areas that he doesn't know, he'll blag it. <laughs> And then um, he'll, he'll get good at those as well. So he's, he's, he's our caretaker, maintenance um, manager in the church. And it's just a joy to have, you know, before Phil started to work for the church, which was what, a week and a half ago? Two weeks. Uh, he was asked to lead the worship in Forge before he was employed to do it. And I, I pre-warned him, you're going to get asked to do these things. And, he, he, and, and the joy is, Phil comes along, he's part of our chapel on a Tuesday morning. For you, yeah, you're paid for maintenance, but you're there worshipping the Lord. He's a professional musician now, he is paid to do music, um, which is wonderful. Is, is there anybody else in the room, before I ask the third person? Sarah, you've not been here over the last three weeks, but I'm going to just see if there's anybody else in, in, in the room before. Rick, if you could come up, that would be great, Rick. I think I first met Jeff in 1980, 81. It's got to be about 80, that. 81. And he was a teenager then. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We used to go running together. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, been around a long time, haven't we? We've, been, a, we've been around a long time. <laughs> <laughs> we have. About three Mm. Yes. 
and that was extremely good. But as we were talking, we mentioned another lady, Ruth, and Marcus and Ruth. I think Ruth used to do so a lot of young people's work here, didn't she? Yes. Um, she was very, very active, very, very good for children and young people. And, uh, and I met Marcus, her husband, in probably about, about the same time, yeah, over in Portsmouth, actually. And as we were talking, she mentioned, she said, Marcus, he's not been well. Now, I had any contact with Marcus for four years, five years, and um, he had COVID last year. And it's one of those rare cases that um, COVID has definitely taken a toll on him. Now, Marcus is very gifted, a concert pianist level he is. He's a piano teacher, but you just sit down, give him a piano, put any music in front of you, Bill. And, and uh, we got on very well together because he encouraged me in art and calligraphy and so on. And we both had this joint love of music. Um, so when she told us this, and I thought, fine. And I went home, got on the computer, looked through, managed to find Marcus's old email address, and sent him a message and said, I'm so sorry, you're uh, having, he's got tinnitus, is that ringing in the mm -hmm. ears, isn't it? And various, I'm very, very tired all the time, quite unlike him. And um, so I contacted him through email, and I said, I have no idea how, because he lives up near Guildford, Dockham, Dockham Field, I think it's called. Um, <coughs> so <coughs> I contacted him through email, and I got a reply, come back, this is how God works. He says, well, I said to him, I could only get, I can get to Fairham easily, because uh, I know that he did teach some pupils in Portsmouth and other places. So I got in touch and had an email back, and he said, well, he said, I will be in Fairham. It's Monday. It's coming Monday. He's, got a, he's been asked to play uh, in, an, in an old people's home. And as soon as he starts playing beer and in and all people love it. He's to a job in it. So Sue and I arranged to meet him about an hour or so, two hours before he was to go to the home. So we met up in Fairham, had a cup of coffee. And there again, it's, it's a lifetime of memories, yeah? Mm -hmm. But you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, how long you've been a part of the household of faith, yeah? People are precious. Yes, they are. And Marcus was very precious to me. We had a mutual um, love of art and things. And, and here he was. And um, we had to move from one cafe to one in the middle of the precinct because it was too noisy for him. <laughs> and he can't cope with loud noise with tinnitus. So we had a wonderful time sitting there and talking together. And um, he said, well, I'm going to have to finish now before I go to the old people's home. He wanted to go back to the car and have a rest. Yeah? Seriously tired. But anyway, all I want to say is that the, the friendships you make 
early or late in life or whenever in the Lord mm. are precious. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Bless you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Rick. Well, this, what we're going to share is, um, is really us two together. But for quite some time now, we've been wanting to downsize in our house. Um, and we've looked and looked and never really found anything that really matches what we're wanting. Um, and we had, we had really one specific requirement. We wanted one big family room. So obviously with a big family, we wanted everyone to be able to still come and sit comfortably. And everywhere we looked, it was a smaller property. There was nothing. <clears throat> anyway, this one morning we'd gone to, we actually saw you in the home bargains, I think. And we were getting stuff for the um, Valentine's Mill. <clears throat> and we actually walked. And normally we wouldn't walk because, you know, we are going to be carrying quite a bit of stuff. But on the way home, we saw a house and we thought, I wonder what that house is like. It wasn't up for sale or anything. We thought, oh, we just wanted to Nosy. go and, <laughs> and see what the, the grounds were like. And... Um, we on, <coughs> excuse me, Google Maps, and we just had a look, and you know, that was it. And I said to Jeff, Why don't we just have a look for some houses? So we went on um, whatever side White it was, move. and um, the very first property we saw was a bungalow. So we first looked at it, oh, that's nice, we like the look at that. Um, and we looked at the details, and the more we looked at the details, this is perfect. About half the size of our house, <laughs> a third the size of our garden, but it's perfect. So I said, you said, let's drive around. So we drove around there, and we got out the van, and we had a little look. And when we looked, in the front garden was a sold sign on the floor. And I came away... She broke down in tears. <laughs> and I said, I want to cry. Well, I did. Um, <laughs> I said, because I see, when we saw this, bungalow said so this is a house of rest and we saw it as a house of rest and a house of peace or a bungalow of peace and we went back in the car and I said phone your estate agent let's just see you never know phones they said well actually the um, sale fell through and it's going back on the market the next day um, and we got a view in the net on the next Monday um, and so long cut long story short there's been a little bit of up and down of whether we were going to get it we have a buyer for our house. The people now have finally accepted our offer and refused to get anyone else. Mm. So we are incredibly grateful. We have one big family room and it's, it was our heart's desire. And we actually prayed about a few weeks before, wasn't it? And we said, God, if you want us to move, please show us where, because we can't find anything. Nothing is up that would suit what we need. And it was, it was just definitely the way everything fell at that moment. We saw it, didn't we? A real high-loss moment mm. where God undertook, and it was, yeah, we stepped right into it's it. It's brilliant. It's exciting. The journey of faith, the journey walking with the Lord, um, whether it's writing a novel 25 years later, building friendships, and finding those friendships years later and connecting or uh, trusting him on a journey that's caused many sleepless nights of <laughs> how can we do this and how can we do that and whether we could do ah, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
sleepless nights. But yes, all for a very good cause and the joy, the joy of those things. So in many senses, so we've, we've, as, as the eldership of the church, we've been looking at Kairos, we've been looking at the presence of God. And we are now going to be going into, as a whole church, all locations are going into the same area of teaching, and that's on pathways. And, and pathways come in different ways, different forms, different areas of our life. And, and we just really feel that as we journey together as whole church, it's important that we find ourselves on the right pathway. Individually, we need to make sure that we are walking in the right direction and on the right pathway in life. It's a really lovely picture this is, um, of walking through the forests and this and the other. But the scripture, give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Proverbs 4.26. Great passage of scripture to really focus on as we go into these thoughts. And we as an eldership really believe that We've never done this in the 20 years that I've been part of Family Church. We've never, as a whole church, gone in the same direction. Um, Each pastor's doing their own interpretation, but we've got the same themes going on. So if you want to hear other pastors speaking about the same subject on a different way, uh, go on to Spotify, type in a name, or go to Family Church website or the app, and um, have a look, see what others are preaching as well. But as a child, when I was young... Um, I used to you know, have these pictures, and these pictures really portray what our lives are like. So, Kerwin, you should have my picture. Going up, any second now. They were, play, pl- they were playing table tennis at the back there with a piece of paper. My, p- my picture is coming up very soon. The, pi- the, pi- the picture's gone. No picture. Okay, so let me describe my picture for you. As a child, you, you used to have a child with all these lines go into three or four different balloons. Do you remember those? Or you used to have to get your pen and draw around, you'd end up in a dead end and then you'd have to come back and then go somewhere else and you'd eventually get to where you're going. Anybody remember those? Please help me. (laughs) Fantastic. My picture's disappeared. Anyway, my picture was of of a princess and a castle and you know me and my castles and I I love castles and uh, and it was a whole thing about going from A to A to the castle. But never mind. Not to worry, hopefully my next thing's going to arrive in a few moments. But with these pictures, literally what I used to do as a child, because I didn't like getting it wrong and I I was so impatient, I used to go from, rather than the the little child to the balloon, I'd go from the balloon to the little child and cheat and and do things back to front. Yeah, you did that as well? Fantastic. I I, I used to cheat all the time in school. I used to have a, a friend, she was a girl... Not a girlfriend, she was a girl who was a friend called Stephanie Long. I was, I was eight or nine, and she used to help me with maths because I didn't understand maths at all. So I used to cheat on my, um, on my maths test. I, I used to cheat a lot, actually. 
if you see me in sport, I may cheat to win, but you know, I prefer to win by good merit. But anyway, on these little puzzle things, I used to, used to do it back to front because I, I always felt I was a failure. And I always, always felt that people were better than me, so I used to try and find ways of being as good as them, and that was often by cheating. Which defeated the whole object, obviously. <laughs> But you can get so disillusioned, which I did. I'd get so frustrated because I'd never seemed to get it right. And do you know what? Life can feel like that sometimes. You're going down what you think is the right path, and then you hit a, a brick wall or you hit a dead end. You hit somewhere you think, I've gone the wrong way. And you go back again and you try and find the right way. And, and I think it's, life is very much that way at times, that we can be trying and going some places and, and we, we, we hit issues and obstacles and things that we hadn't planned for in our life and in our journey. But I want to I say to you this morning, there is a better way. There is a, we, we don't have to learn by hard knocks. We don't have to learn by our continual mistakes. We don't have to learn. We can learn by our faults and failures. Absolutely, we should do. But actually, there is a better way. There is a better way to learn than keep on making mistakes and learning from your mistakes. There are certain things like learning to drive a car. Yes, you learn sometimes by making mistakes, like reversing into a lamppost and things like that. You learn to check twice. Um, if you're a carpenter or you work with wood, the, the, the simple rule is measure twice, cut once. The reason being, if you cut it too short, you can't add to it. So you measure twice, cut once. So the whole principle of learning by your mistakes, yes, it's out there, but there is a principle which I believe is a godly one, which says you can do it a better way. And I just want to encourage you as young people, as middle-aged and older, Let's learn God's way. Let's not learn by the school of hard knocks. How many of you learnt stuff by the school of hard knocks? We all have. We all have done that. But there is a better way. And I want to share this scripture with you. I think it's just a beautiful scripture. In Deuteronomy, this is Moses speaking before God, Moses speaking before the children of Israel, it's when the Ten Commandments have been issued. Roman, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 33. And God now is speaking into Moses' life. He's been, he's been saying, look, where are the children of Israel? What's up with them? Why don't they want to hear my voice? And, and, and the children of Israel are saying, Moses, he's over to you. You deal with God. We will hear from you rather than God ourselves because of um, the, the fear that they had in their heart. And then it says this in verse 33. You are to walk in every pathway that the Lord your God command, commanded you so that life may go well for you and so that you will prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Isn't that incredible? I'm going to read it to you again. You are to walk in every pathway that the Lord your God commanded you. Why? So that life may go well for you. Oh, it's only when we step into our will be done that we step out of my will be done, as in God's. When we go our way, when we choose 
when we choose sin above righteousness, when we choose my will and not your will be done, that's when we fall into difficulties. That's when we fall into a pathway and you think, how on earth did I end up here? How, do I, how did I get to this place where I've fallen from that place where I once walked with God? It's where we get to a place where we look at our relationship with husband and wife and you think, where did it all go wrong? And I believe it comes down to this, this scripture here. You are to walk in every pathway that the Lord your God commanded you. There are commandments in the word of God. The Ten Commandments, you know, they are, they are fulfilled in Christ, but we don't do away with them. Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not... That they're there for a purpose and a reason. Jesus did fulfill them all. And then he says, now this is, a, this is the commandment. Love God with all your heart and love people as you do yourself. That, if we do those two, we fulfill the whole commandments. But this is an incredible truth. If we walk according to his commands so that life may go well for you. I want to encourage you this morning to find that pathway that God has commanded for you. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might. You will love no other than him. Has another, that could be anything, has another come in the place of God in your life? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness with all your heart? Or are there other things that have crept into our life? Is there another pathway? Have we got a foot in both camps? You know, you feel like you're walking like this sometimes. I'm with the Lord today. I'm doing my own thing today. I'm walking with the Lord today. We can be so, so unbalanced in our life at times. But I want to encourage you. Come on, there is a path. It's called a narrow path. Narrow is the path. And narrow is the way that leads to life. Broad is the path. And broad is the gate that leads to destruction. Jesus was very clear. You've heard me teach on the narrow path and the wide path before. It is so clear that there is a narrow path and it is hard. It's not an easy way. It's a hard way. It's a difficult way. Why? Because you are restricting yourself from what the world would say is acceptable. You're restricting yourself from those things that would harm you, those sins that that would naturally get in the way of your walk with God. And you're restricting yourself because you're now walking on this narrow way. But you know what? It opens up into a broad place. Narrow is the way. Come on. There are few who walk on it. There are few who decide to go that way. I want to encourage you as as a congregation, let's not be tempted to stray onto the wide path. Many other way on that wide path, but it leads to destruction. Come on, you know, let's jump in the canoe of our life and begin to paddle downstream. You know, as you, not downstream, upstream. That's where we as Christians, we're going against the tide, aren't we, in our Christian life. We're going against the social status of our, of our world right now we're going against the moral decline we are constantly like the salmon going against the tide let's jump in the canoe of our life as we paddle down the stream come on are you paddling against the stream or are you allowing the stream to take you
I wish I had something I could use as a... Just looking around the room. I had thought about the guitar, but... If I pull that plug, it may make a make, make. Right, you'll work with me here, right? Okay, we're, we're, we get saved. Okay, we're, we're not saved. We're going down the stream. Everybody is going down the stream together. We're all in the world going down the stream together. All of a sudden, we have an encounter with God. What is repentance? To turn around 180 degrees. It's not 360. I've got saved. I'll go back this way. You get saved. And the Lord turns your life 180 degrees. Guess what? You start paddling. Oh, it's not easy because you're going against the tide. But you're paddling down the stream. But you know what? You meet some old-time mates. And they say, oh, why don't you join us tonight? And you think, oh, why don't I join them tonight? And before you know it, you're taken down the stream. You're not necessarily paddling but you're going down the stream. And then all of a sudden you come to your senses and you think, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? The Lord's turned my life around. And here we go, we're back down. Oh, we're feeling really good about ourselves. Oh, Lord, you saved me from this moment. Going back down the... See, we're on a pathway in the water. We're going down the stream. All of a sudden you hear something in church and you think, oh, that's touched a bit of a nerve. I don't find it easy to forgive because that really touched my life. And before you know it, you find others that are going down the same stream who haven't found it easy to forgive and birds of a feather begin to flock together and you begin to feel uncomfortable about having to deal with the past and you're still dealing with issues in your heart and you're going down the path that takes you down. But all of a sudden, the Lord reminds you, as I forgave you, so you must forgive others. Oh, we're back. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord, thank you for your word in my life. I'm going back down the stream again in my life. I'm with you, Lord. And then perhaps something else begins to turn the tide of your life. Oh, you know, no, no, I'm going to keep going this way. Oh, what did I say earlier during the offering today? The, we, we're a church who believes in tithing. Oh, hang on. You're after my money. Oh, I'm going back down the stream again. <laughs> Getting out of here as quick as I can, actually. The church are always after your money. Whoa. But all of a sudden you hear someone say, but I, 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 I gave my last, my last might, my last offering to the Lord. And all of a sudden, you suddenly, it suddenly drops in your heart. If, if it worked for them, hey, maybe it will work for me. How many of you know our lives can be like this at times? We're going upstream, and then we begin to drift again. And, then, oh, and we're going upstream, and we begin to drift again. Life, life happens. Life happens. Oh, I've been believing for their healing. They died. And we begin to drift again. We haven't quite turned. We're believing. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, but I'm getting dragged away. Come on, church. Let's be real in our journey of faith. There are things that happen that we, we need to keep 
paddling towards the one who brings hope in hopeless situations. We need to keep focused on him, regardless of what the world may be saying and the issues that the world may be bringing and the pull of the world. For young people, the pull of the world is huge. Be brave and keep paddling. I've seen my father walking with God. I've seen my mother walking with God. I've seen the miracles in my family home. I'm going to keep going against the tide that would cause me to walk away from the things of God. Every teenage and young adult, you've gone through those pressures where you've paddled and paddled and paddled and times have come against you, but then you've paddled again and found your own faith and you've found your own walk with God and you're digging deep. Every dad in this room, every mum in this room, your kids are watching you. Oh, let's go to church today. Well, there's, well, there's other things that just turn our attention away from church. Do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, especially as the day of his return approaches. Oh, come on, church. Let's keep paddling on this and keep going for God together. You are to walk in every pathway that the Lord your God commanded you so that life may go well with you. How many of you want the second part of that, that verse? That li- Who wants life to go well with them? Come on, be honest with me. No, there's only 50% of the church. Come on, what's the matter with you? Come on. You want rubbish? You can have mine. I've got a few I could dump out on you if you like it. Uh, who wants life to go well for them? Yes. Now you know what's coming, don't you? (laughs) Then focus on the path that the Lord wants for you to walk on. That is key. You can't live in my pathway for my life and hope you'll get to where you want to go, where the Lord wants you to go. Oh, you can't live my life. You You actually wouldn't want to live my life. You can't walk in my path because it's my path. But you've got to walk in yours. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Though he fall, the Lord upholds him with his mighty right hand. Oh, it doesn't say life is going to be easy. It doesn't say you're going to have a bed of roses. I, you don't ever hear me preaching that life is going to go well if you give your life to the Lord. It is, life is like roses. Roses are beautiful things, but they still have thorns. There's still things that come along that can hurt. There's still things in the journey that doesn't always go well in the natural. But when we walk with the Lord, though I fall, he upholds me. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. And bring me safely through. Psalm 138. There's scripture. In this world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? He has overcome this world. Come on. In In the journey, in the pathway of your life, we need to keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. You may have to take smaller steps at times, but keep walking his way. 
Keep walking in the path that he's called you. That it may go well with you. The greatest marriage tool given to couples has got, and I guess in the last 40 years of invention, has got to be the sat-nav. All right? The amount of arguments that that has stopped. Because traditionally, 40 years or so ago, most, believe it or not, 40 or 50 years ago, it was mostly men who drove, and their wives sat in the passenger seat and had the map. This is the map. God's word is a map to us. But, and the wife would look at the map and say, you need to turn right. You need to turn right again. And the map would be spinning round in circles. Now you need to take a left. Now you need to... Do, but do you know what? The sat-nav. It, it, it stopped arguments in the car. But do you know what? Even with the sat-nav, and I can guarantee this is a male and female thing, we, when we hear this, When we hear this, when, no, 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 when we hear this, ah, when we hear this and see it. Turn right, then arrive at Via Point. Via Point, on left, then make a U-turn. When possible, make a U-turn. When possible, make a U-turn. When possible, make a U-turn. It drives me mad. Make a U-turn. When possible, make a U-turn. It's like possible, make a U-turn. When possible, make a U-turn. When possible, make a U-turn. It drives me mad. I would prefer Jane telling me where to go wrong than a computer telling me that I'm gone wrong. Okay, that's fine. I don't know how far it goes and how long it goes for. Make a U-turn. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and he's saying, make a U-turn. In other words, repent. Deal with the issue of your heart. There's other times that we go down the wrong path and all of a sudden our conscience, the Spirit of God dealing with us on the inside is saying, come on, you know better than that. You shouldn't speak that way about a brother or sister in the church. You shouldn't speak that way about your husband or your wife or your child. Or You shouldn't speak that way. Come on, make a U-turn. And when we refuse to make that U-turn, the voice gets louder and it becomes more repetitious and more repetitious and quicker and quicker and quicker. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The problem is, we become hard-hearted. We become determined not to do what God is saying and we choose to go my own way. Come on, church. When we hear the voice of the Spirit saying, make a U-turn, let's make it. Let's turn around and follow him. Just going to finish with this scripture here. Proverbs 4, verse 26. It's the scripture that was on uh, the slide earlier. I want to read it from a couple of translations. Proverbs 4, verse 26. We're going to use Proverbs a lot during this next few weeks of teaching. It says, Take care that you don't stray 
from the straight path, the way of truth, and you will safely reach the end of your road. What is the truth? It's always going to be God's word. Don't stray from what God's word teaches. Let this be the compass. Let this be the satnav of our life. Don't stray from that straight path, the way of truth, and you will safely reach the end of your road. However long your life is, however long the journey of your life is, you will safely reach it. I love it. Another translation puts it this way. Make sure you are going the right way and nothing will make you fall. It's interesting. Another translation. Watch your step. Stick to the path and be safe. And I want to read it from the New King James. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Ponder the path. Ponder the path. Right now, I'm just challenging you, every one of you in this room. Ponder the path. What does ponder mean? It means to consider well, to weigh correctly, to establish what the outcomes may be before you head in a particular direction. Ponder the path of your feet. We could put it this way. Put the word of God on this side of the scales. And what and where and the temptation and the thing on this side of the scales. And ponder what God's word says. Should I go that way? Should I do that thing? What does God's word say? Ponder the path of truth. Proverbs 23, 19 says, Listen, my son, and be wise. Set your heart on the right path. Do you know what that shows me? We all have a choice. God has placed us on a pathway. But we have a choice of whether we walk on that path and say, your will be done. Or we say, thank you, Lord, but this looks better to me. My will be done. I want to encourage you, ponder the path of your feet. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you. Lord, your word is an inspiration to our heart. It is the compass compass to our life. It is the due north to your purpose and will. Father, that we may purpose in our heart to walk on the pathway set before us. In Jesus' name. just want to pray if anybody in this room doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You've never given him your life. You know that he came, that he lived on this earth, that he died, but you've never said, Jesus, come into my heart. Today I just want to pray a very simple prayer and ask that you would pray it alongside me and with me this morning. Let's pray nice and loud just in case there's someone in the room who's praying this for the very first time. Jesus, I come to you today and I thank you that you fulfilled your path. You went to the cross on my behalf. Jesus, today, 
I'm at a crossroads. Today I choose you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Build relationship with me, I pray. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. While every head is bowed and every eye closed. You may be a young person, you may be a teenager, you may be a first-time visitor, you may be an older person, but today, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation to everyone who believes. You may have prayed that prayer silently in your heart, you may have prayed it out loud, but today you're asking Jesus to come into your heart. I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand, I'm going to count to three If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand and we'll give you a Bible and some other material. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer today, just pop up your hand. Anybody in this room? Today you're asking Jesus to come into your heart to build relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Father, we want to thank you for your goodness and your mercy that follow us, pursue us on that pathway of righteousness all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Fantastic. Thank you.